let the girl. Uh-uh. And have we got news for you. You better listen. Get ready for your lonely girl and leave those umbrellas at home. All right. It's raining. Ben. Yeah. Try to start the show with a little more energy this time. Yes, you're right. And I'm right. And it's right. It is raining, Ben. In fact, it's raining generally, but it's also raining, Ben. But as I always say, it's not only raining, Ben. Today, you'll be happy to hear that it's raining, Jeremy. Is it? Is it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Hello, Jeremy. Hello. Yeah, everyone who comes on the show uh, takes the form of rain. Okay. Only metaphorically. I'm slightly more foggy. Yeah, okay. So we've got rain with a, a chance of fog. Mm. In fact, guaranteed fog. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so what we usually do now, uh, because I fail to think of how to start the show, is, is go to a song, and then we come back from a song, we do more talking, and various things happen. I guess it's a good time to tell you what the show's about, Jeremy, seeing as you've been good enough to Listen come on to week, it. every week, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give away the fact my listeners are my guests. <laughs> I know they're one and the same, and I'm get, well, they'd all know that, wouldn't they? Fair point. Um, the purpose of this show is to try and solve the world's problems. The problems of life, if you will. Uh, there are enough of them that we probably won't run out of material. That was my thinking. I thought, well, that's some things like uh, what are the 10 best T-shirts or something. You run out of ideas. But with this, you know, sorted. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll go away to a song right now. This is one of your choices. In fact, they're all your choices because uh, cards on the table. I'm not that prepared this week. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is a song called Wave of Mutilation by The Pixies. Yeah. No one quite liked the Pixies. That's kind of become my uh, default way of responding to music, I've realised. Because I'm not really that focused on it. I'm really focused on you. Thanks. Or if it was someone else, I'd be focused on them too. But as a result, I don't really have much to say about the music. So I just go with, there's no one quite like the blank. Anyway. I don't think there is anyone quite like the Pixies. Well, that's it. I, I only always ever say when it's true. I said about Eggy Pop. It was true then. I said it about something I can't remember. It was true then. Suede. I said about Suede. Uh, and once again, it's true. It's true. I mean, uh, the thing with the Pixies is that they are one of those bands that seem to make other people want to sound like them, but you couldn't. So that wasn't necessarily a good thing to do, if you know what I mean. In the same way that uh, Radiance the Machine got people to want to sound like Radiance the Machine, the Smiths maybe want to sound like the Smiths, but Radiohead would more people sound like Radiohead, but you probably shouldn't. Can't just leave it alone. Just leave it alone, exactly. Move on. Oasis, same problem. <laughs> we are telling you that later. So, uh, right at this time of the show, we usually do the question section. You ready for the question section? Absolutely. Where's the jingle? Question section. Question section. Question section. Okay. So this is kind of a quick fire round where we just deal with some of the problems of life and, and the world and such like. Some of them aren't exactly problems because I've sort of falsified the issue. I mean, it's not really something people are thinking about. But, you know, if they did think about it, we'd be there. So... If Will Smith is the fresh prince, does that mean he considers the existing princes to be stale? I don't think you can put all the princes together into one pot. 
Plus, I don't really like Will Smith very much, so it's difficult for me to actually engage with the question. I see. So when you, as soon as you start thinking about it, you're just in, enraged. I think he's a phony. A phony? A phony prince. Oh, dear. I don't believe he's really like that. God, this is, this is turning into some kind of, like, smack battle between hip-hop stars. I would say, I think Prince Harry's possibly fresher. He is fresher, that's true. Mm. I mean, as princes go, he's very fresh. I don't know, know many. Mm. but um, He's probably the only one. He's the only one I know. Because uh, well, as, I know, I suppose Williams kind of moved on, hasn't it? Yeah. He's he's kind of he's pre-king rather than prince now. Mm. He's like post-prince, pre-king. He's in that like grey area. Okay. Well, let's say that's what was it, the final verdict. Um. Yes. Good answer. Does anyone really need a tablecloth? Yes, my mother. Okay. Sorry. Although, actually. She used to. She's she's uh, <laughs> she's, she's more on. contemporary these days. Has she? Has she? Has she, she just goes into that with world? A, she goes with a decorative placemat. Oh, is that more contemporary? Well, it is than a. T- <laughs> well, you didn't see her tablecloths, but fair enough. Because yeah. oh, I'm, I'm visualising that would be sort of a beautiful British countryside in the style Absolutely, of Constable. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's not something I think of as being wildly contemporary. But then I suppose if you had a tablecloth and the mats. That. It's contemporary somewhere. <laughs> it's contemporary. Hackney. Very good. For example. And this is why you work in design. Exactly. You have answers for everyone. Yeah. Would you prefer to have Jonathan Ross making regular derogatory comments about you on his shows or have no access to public toilets? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really trying to think about these. You should really, no, you should. Um, it's important. Okay. I'm guessing if I'm, surely I'm going to want access to a public toilet. Well, you would. I mean, it's up to you, but it, it's whether you take the, you know, it's, it's, it's pros and cons. I, well, I would, I would say I probably want access to public toilets more than most things. <laughs> I mean, you'll still, you access to, you'll still have access to private toilets. Mm. If you just prepare ahead of time, then you should be fine, really. Let, let's just say I had an incident in, a, mm. um, in Santa Barbara on a pier. Okay. At more. that particular point. <laughs> Jonathan Ross Jonathan was Ross nowhere near my yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. What is the opposite of risotto? Um, Otto, sir. <laughs> Fair point. See, I should have seen that one coming, really. Swords are now mostly used to knight people. We can agree on that. Uh, can we repurpose guns in the same way and stem the flow of urban violence? Probably not. No, probably not. It, would, it wouldn't be very effective. Um, I don't know what you'd do with a gun that would be equivalent to knighting somebody. Um, I guess you could like shoot like even you doing a, a salute, ceremony, yeah. yeah, like a, a ten gun salute. Mm. They're only for salutes. But then you'd need ten guns. <laughs> That's true. You would potentially increase the demand for guns higher than it is currently. Yeah. yeah. You didn't think it through, did you? No, I, I rarely do. I think it through <laughs> as far as the end of the uh, as far as the question mark, <laughs> and then think about it next. Now, one perfect cup of tea now, or nothing but tea forever. I must add that we're both drinking tea right now, just to. Um, uh, well, there are lots of different teas. Are we talking your standard? I was imagining it that way. Breakfast tea. But whatever's the perfect tea to you, really. Or at least the perfect example of a type of tea. Um, I, don't, I can take or leave tea, to be honest. As long as I've got coffee. Mm, well, dare no. I say a hot chocolate sometimes. Here's the point. You get the perfect tea now. You get that now. Or you get nothing but tea forever. And that's not going to be perfect tea. Oh, well, yeah, perfect tea now, because, I mean, I do like water. <laughs> and food. Yeah. Fair enough. How do you open a can of whoop-ass? Um, usually from the back. 
How do you open a can of Whoopass? Same as everyone else does. How do you open a can of Whoopass? Um, <laughs> How, okay, one more question, yeah. final question. Is it the same question? <laughs> How do you open a can of Whoopass? Are you, call, are you calling me of Whoopass as my name <laughs> and you're just asking me how to open a can? That's your surname, right? Yes. Jeremy. Jeremy of Whoopass. <laughs> yeah, like in a sort of old style A can, I would say. You came from the town of Whoopass. You are Jeremy Fourth of Whoopass. Yeah, I think you've also made the mistake of assuming that all cans are the same. Well, that's the point. A, a can of Whoopass presumably has one particular kind of opening mm. mechanism. No. I oh, mean different if it's brands. Carbonated. <laughs> also an interesting point. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that kind of can. Mm. That's a whole different kind of can. Yeah. I was assuming a food can, but of course drinks cans as well. Problem is with cans of Whoopass is you can't recycle the cans afterwards because <laughs> they're contaminated with Whoopass. <laughs> I guess yeah, you wouldn't want to transfer that into a Oh yeah. <laughs> um yeah, okay. Well that completes the question section. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. It, yeah. So should we move on to the uh the songs yeah. section? <laughs> The second song section. <laughs> As I, I play a song. It's, it's okay. not very complex. Yeah. Uh, so the, in this section, I'm going to play a song by Cage the Elephant. Oh, excellent. What's the name of the song, Jeremy? I can't remember which one I said. <laughs> I do like them generally. Oh, I think it's... Um, is it Around My Head? It is. It very is. good. Great song. This is one of Jeremy's choices. I just like to give people, you know, slightly less comfortable options. Because they could just be told what the song is and then... Or have a piece of paper, even. There's lots of options available, but... Yeah, pay attention. Slap attention. So this is Cage Elephant with Around My Head. Ow. As he says. Oh, listen to that. That's a horrible noise. That's better. <laughs> professional yeah it's okay it's the elephant good song but right now uh we're not really interested in music i don't like great for all. what we're interested in is jeremy's opinions jeremy's views jeremy's questions because jeremy's brought some questions every week the people who are on the show bring questions as well as music uh, and he's brought some some humdingers <laughs> if i if i if i understand what that word means then this is a humdinger uh, but we can't just jump into it willy-nilly. We have to go into it via a jingle, uh, and that's your jingle. Excellent. The jingle that is made for you. Um, I made this quite a long time ago because you were going to come on the show and then things got in the way you had to fly to different countries and do different things. So I don't actually remember how it goes, um, but I'm assuming it's great. Probably. Do you want to hear? Um, yes. Okay. I'm glad you said yes. <laughs> Jeremy, imagine you're on Radio 3 Talking to Ian or Clemency Say some clever things to me Jeremy, Jeremy, oh can't you see I will make you all the tea Share your inner thoughts and be On my show, Jeremy Okay, that's how it goes yeah, that, It's pretty good, yeah It's more lyrical than most, I forgot about that Usually we end up with sort of four or five words Usually just being the person's name said in different ways <laughs> well, I still managed to get that in there But um, yeah, it was quite lyrical yeah, I'd, be, I'd, I'd be keen for a copy, yeah Yeah, well, you're welcome to it I can, I can play it to my wife You can... <laughs> That is, that's the best gift I have to offer. A present to take home to your wife on Valentine's Day. Uh, so, yeah, your topic. Your topic today, sir. What is it? Um, my topic, or one of my topics... One of your topics, you have many. ...is uh, the idea of uh, conscious consumerism. Conscious consumerism, yes. And in the town of Totnes, something like that does seem very pertinent to talk about. 
so you're saying that, yeah, it's great, let's do it. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that I think people sometimes underestimate the power of consumerism mm -hmm. to be used as a force for good. And I think many people naturally assume it's a negative and it propagates kind of waste around the world. And I think that if you actually have a, if you think of your money Mm -hmm. Every time you spend money on whatever it is as an investment rather than just a one-off transaction, mm -hmm. I think you could ch um, actually do some profound change or enact some profound changes in the world. Though it does rely on everyone getting on board. That's the only thing, the issue I find with it. In the sense that people need to agree to have the same kind of conscious consumerism. Because everyone's got different conscious consumerisms, then it's just consumerism, if you see what I mean. Um, no. I don't. Okay. <laughs> well, if no, I, everyone I, agrees that this is bad, for example, uh, say there's a company, they're leveling rainforests, not great. Don't spend money with them. Uh, there's a company, they're um, blending kittens to make soft drinks, not good. Uh, I won't say which one that is. I haven't got any evidence. Uh, but yeah, so you have, you, have these, you have these desires to prevent certain companies from being, so you don't want to spend money with them. But if other people disagree, and if enough people disagree, as in if, if every 5% of the population has a different opinion, then that's just consumerism, isn't it? I think that the I think main point is that people aren't really engaged with what it is they're buying. Mm. So I think that it's not a case, I think, necessarily of people agreeing or not agreeing with certain ways that things are done. I don't think anyone would want to drink something that's made of blended kittens, for example. But I think that um, we, I think it's more about the attitude to consumerism. So people give money to charity, people support sort of institutions that they like. However, you have um, things like, if you think on a big scale, banking institutions or the energy mm. markets, people who on the one hand, um, will have all their money in a bank, have a mortgage with a bank, whilst at the same time directly going down the pub or going to a cafe and talking about how they hate bankers and hate these institutions, but they can yeah. actually do something directly about it. You yeah. can move your money into a bank that has better practices. And yes. it doesn't have to be yes. a profound, gigantic step, but all of these little steps of progress in, mm. in the direction of doing something better. We were talking about this actually just the other day, me and my father, talking about... Um, Vodafone, having all been ex-Vodafone customers, as every customer of Vodafone should be, should be an ex-customer. Um, yeah, because it's just, just dreadful. And it's because they just obviously stopped caring. At some point they realized, oh, we've got the monopoly, we have the best service. Um, it's, as far as I was aware, at least they had the best coverage. Um, let's just stop doing any work. Uh, so you got to the point where, yeah, they were just god-awful. They, they just, every, all, all parts of their customer service was bad. They would always bill you the wrong amounts of money. They were overcharging you. Their service was getting worse. Everything about them was terrible. Um, but presumably they were resting on the principle of, well, we're Vodafone, what are you going to do? Go to Orange. <laughs> uh, and now you've got these little upstarts like uh, GiftCap and stuff like that who have basically come along and said to people like O2, we'll pay you for that chunk of your, your, your bandwidth or whatever you want to call it and uh, basically be better than you. We'll undercut you, we'll provide better service but we'll give you a chunk of money. You know what I mean? It, that, kind of, that kind of free market thing does actually allow people to challenge the, the hold. And whereas I've not really seen it in other areas, weirdly, telecommunications seems to be an area where it is happening an awful lot right now. Mm. Apparently banking the same. I've not really explored that. I think, well, I think, I think you've, I think definitely that, um, that 
there there is definitely is a thing in terms of um, sort of how companies sort of live and die based on the services they provide. But I'm kind of, the thing I'm I'm kind of touching on is more on a slightly on a slightly um, deeper level where you actually look at, for example, companies who make stuff in really awful sweatshop conditions. Mm. I mean, companies and businesses that I've actually visited factories and seen it firsthand. Um, they shouldn't be allowed to exist mm. based on those models, mm. and I think par- partially they exist because we have a we have a society where those things have been successfully suppressed, and society's been numbed to the impact of what those things are, and all of these externalities that exist in the world are just hidden from consumers. And I think if they're brought more into consumer consciousness, I think people could actually have profound impacts on how stuff. Um, changes going forward i mean it stuff made with sweatshop labor it just simply shouldn't exist and it's easy to it's very cheap though but you can put your it's very cheap have you considered that um i mean i went to primark the other day and i bought one of everything didn't even max out the credit card well one i one i'm i don't think you did <laughs> but two fine you've called my bluff there i just, i could have done you could but you um if you if you think along the lines of um how that stuff is produced if you think to the fact that it's highly likely that child labor has been involved in picking the cotton for that in the first place Mm -hmm. when you think about all of the energy that's been used to produce those garments conditions of the of the um, factory workers conditions of the people selling the garments no one's getting paid any money through that supply chain farmers getting ripped off also, someone can effectively buy a garment that is disposable and should never, ever be considered disposable. Yeah, well, I've, I've always been... Um, it's plus worth highlighting, that because I'm about to take a, an abrupt change of direction. I was going to play devil's advocate, but it's not really worth it, because the other side of the argument is, is so pointless and t- terrible, I can't really bear to do it. Yeah, I, I, I have this issue with almost m- most things, really. There's that that two-angle thing you've got you need to have new things made in order to uh pay people for making them at least that's as far as i can tell that's not that's the necessary thing to do but at the same time there's already so much stuff there's just so much stuff i was on holiday this last week and visiting all the various little silly shops you have in holiday areas selling nonsense and you you kind of it just you're thinking this actually got made there was a designer and then there was a manufacturing process and then this thing was made for very little if actually no reason this terrible pointless object that's on sale here with the word lanzarote written across it and that stuff exists and then of course all the furniture that we could ever really need is already sort of somewhere sitting in a cupboard or in someone's attic or in a barn or in a flea market and then all the clothes you could ever want are in secondhand shops and you know what I mean? There's that thing of the idea even of just creating more stuff seems crazy when you've just got so much stuff just being there already. Um, yeah, you do. You do have so much stuff, but equally, I think you um, you have a that when you talk about the things like the tap that's sort of in a market being sold, mm. I think that's just a symptom of society being conditioned into yes, exactly. buying stuff like exactly, kids yeah. from an early age being surrounded by toys and all of mm. these and being given all of this stuff now it's an unprecedented level compared to where it was i think i read somewhere recently that it's that uh, since the mid 90s we now have 400 percent more clothing items than we did just 20 right. years ago yeah. which is absurd so it's not it's not that this is how humans have always behaved mm. it's just 
that's it's a new thing. It's an option, and it, I suppose. And, and we we are conditioned to effectively buy more and more more and more stuff. Well, it's like it's opening up of the privileged position of being able to buy new things as a as a as a free to access kind of hobby. That that was something that only the very luckiest could do and now of course it's generally available which is that again that's that egalitarianization thing where as soon as you make everything more accessible make everyone be able to access meat every day of the week give everyone access to being able to buy new things all the time have a new thing everything and yeah it doesn't doesn't go well quite often i'm not saying we should return to just the elite be able to buy things just make that clear but you see my point. If no, everyone can access the same things, it does create such a demand on the on those resources that suddenly you've got this overwhelming use. I agree, but I think the the principle is that fundamentally it's about the enjoyment that comes through purchasing something. Mm. And yes, historically, rich people have been able to buy things only because that's something that people derived pleasure from. Mm. It's actually a bit of an odd thing to derive pleasure from purchasing something, mm. and it's now a position now where. I think that it's so ingrained in society it's it's almost like the perfect system because you basically you can see a piece of clothing on someone and you can I don't know from a, a male perspective you can buy this bright electric blue outdoor jacket that makes you feel like a mountaineer when actually what you are is someone who works in an office who's a bit unfit who could never climb a mountain but that one mm. purchase gives you that bit of excitement mm. but the system's so perfect because it won't make you feel like that mm. so you'll then go out for your next fix time and time and time again and that's mm. that's the i mean in basic terms that's the kind of the premise of how marketing works mm. yes yeah, so i've got a family who uh were in marketing in fact i think all of them are now so yeah yeah they all are i have been and the other three were or are so yeah we're as, as a family that really represents that uh, that particular evil <laughs> <laughs> i can say you're oh, right that is the idea yes that is the idea constant unfulfillment Guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> she had another song, really, because we're getting a bit lost in this. Um, let's go to the song uh, by Leonard Cohen. It's a real Excellent. nice one. One of his more recent ones, I believe. It is. Yeah. His last album. Bless him. This is Leonard Cohen. I knew that it was wrong. Turn my back on the angel too. that lovely cable comes in to add a thin layer of buzz over the top of Paul Leonard. Have you no respect, cable? So yeah, lovely Leonard going there. Uh, hello, I'm Ben. This is It's Raining Ben, and I'm not alone. No. No, that'd be ridiculous. You're with Foggy Jeremy. Foggy Jeremy. Rainy Ben and Foggy Jeremy. Two of, two of commercial radio's greatest heroes. Known for their 1970s shows, the 1980s shows, the 1990s shows, bit of a dip in the noughties, but now they're back in the teens, I guess. Are we in the teens? Sounds That's, rubbish, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. I don't know what you say, though. I, I feel like all um, cultural things get ignored that they happen between 10 and, uh, and 19, because you just can't refer to them. People always refer to it as like turn-of-the-century stuff. 20 stuff, 30 stuff, every other decade in between. They even managed to get noughties into being a thing, which I'm not still that sure about. But this this nine-year, ten-year gap is really... I would... Maybe you could uh, resolve it in the question section next week. <laughs> what is this section called? Forever after it will be called. 
Mm. That's it. I mean, where this goes on the internet, so I'm assuming that people listen and they, well, they take they take heed, as you say. Damn you, cable! <laughs> this is going to be a constant battle between me and a cable. I apologize for that, Jeremy. My attention is on you. Anyway, I should really have mentioned beforehand that um, that Jeremy is uh, has what are we going to say has written a book or is writing a book because at some point either of those will become true or not true. Is is writing, is writing. but has been for a considerable right. length of time. Okay. So may have finished writing a book. Not quite, no. By the time you're listening to this, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I always like to think that when you're looking at uh, evergreen materials such as the internet offers you, the ability just to throw it out there, you go with whatever's going to be true for the longer time. So if you finish the book from that point until the end of time, it'll be finished. Uh, whereas if we say you're writing it, that'll only be true until you finish. You see my point? Yeah, I think it's good to be saying that you're writing it because... It's considerably harder than than you think. <laughs> yeah, well, I, 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 my intention, even as a person who claims to be some kind of writer, is to never try and write a book because it's terrifying as an idea. Just to get it all right across all those words. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah that's probably... I should have taken a similar stance yeah. to you. Yeah. I like to write single-sentence questions that have really no thought involved, <laughs> that are entertaining on their surface, but really don't go any deeper. That's my aim. Well, I say that. You're about to hear me read a few paragraphs out, but they're just saying things that have already happened. I never think very hard. Anyway, this book is about the topics we've been talking about this morning, or at least one of them we've been talking about this morning. Topics such as conscious consumerism and also topics such as sustainability and whether it's a good thing. Indeed. That's me raising the topic there. Yeah, would you like me to elaborate? I would like to elaborate, please. Um, Yeah, so I suppose this is the the idea about whether sustainability as a as a word or as a thing can actually be used for a force for good anymore and i think that maybe it's been manipulated and hijacked so much what from marketing from right. in, in a political context that it's almost lost its meaning so if you go back to sort of 1995 when they had the first um climate summit in the last sort of 16, 17, uh, tw- sorry, 26, 27 years since there have been sort of profound changes in terms of how we understand the environment and the social and our kind of social context in terms of how we interact with the environment and what, mm. what how, how we sort of have changed the climate. And it's a lot more complex than I think a single word can sum up. And I mean, I've tried to get to the bottom of this sort of interviewing climate journalists people involved in politics and everyone has a different definition so for example in a political context people refer to it as progressive economic thinking Uh, right the way through to speaking to someone on on the street who thinks it's just ecova washing up liquid for example or other reputable brands (laughs) but okay it's not bbc okay yeah so um so i think that it's actually it's become confused and i think it's Mm. lost its meaning and I think because of that, it's almost lost its ability to be a force for good because nowadays, particularly, we work in the field of design, so we're constantly looking for products and services from businesses who have a sustainable or a kind of ethical agenda in their work. Going back to conscious consumerism, trying to support mm. those businesses mm. and help them to grow through how we um, choose to purchase. And I think um, I think it's, it's interesting to see sort of uh, how... It, the waters are very muddied, so you can often see a business who appears on the face of it to be 
as they say, sustainable. And mm. then you go beneath the surface and you realize they're no different to any other business. Yes. And when you get to that position, it's difficult to know how. Here is the challenge of conscious consumerism again, isn't it? That yeah, you're constantly battling um, traditional consumerism to be consciously mm. consuming because traditional consumerism recognizes that people want a thing, then they can provide for it. Um, and all that you need to do to make them want it is tell them it is. Mm. It is that thing. You can say it's organic and then go, okay, great, it's organic. That's sorted. My ethical choices are made. Um, but yes, as I'm led to believe, minimal research here, um, yeah, most of those terms are now muddied, whether something is sustainable or local or or green or organic or, of course, free range being the ultimate example of nonsense. Um, you know, these, these, these terms tend to be quite open to massive companies taking them and using them for what they fancy doing with them, which isn't really what you're after, as you say. But all that being said, isn't it inevitable that if you try and popularize something to the point where it's being done by enough people, that that word's going to go out there, get muddy, get mixed up, get get adapt, get taken on by big companies and, and companies with less, sorry, big companies, companies with less um, moral standing? Um, yeah, I think, well... I think one of the I think one of the main issues I think is that um, sustainability as a word, um, in a way, has be- become divisive. So in effect, in effect, it's become sort of owned by the left of politics, for example. So the right of politics immediately associates sustainability Bleeding with the heart, left. Bleeding lift hard. So right, yeah. so in, invariably, that then immediately splits a population down the middle into people who who think it's a good thing or a bad thing. So immediately you've kind of alienated half the population there in terms of just how you choose to categorize mm. and, and term, term a product. But equally, I think outside of that, I think it also implies that there's some kind of perfection, like there's a sustainable life and a non-sustainable life, which is utter nonsense. I see the sort of Gwyneth Paltrow approach to living. Yeah, so there's, I mean... Do it right. The reality is there is a life mm. and there's a better one. Mm. And I think as long as you have the um, the aim to constantly better yourself, mm. whether that be one or two percent on what you're already doing, and then one or two percent more, one or two percent more beyond that, you can actually progress that to living a better life. And I think what we need more engaged with your environment. We probably need an app. We don't need an app. We, we, we probably need no. We probably because it would it would it would track. I'm just saying. I could. This could be a way for me to make some money. Um, if I could, if I could make an app that yeah tracks your um, your we'll call it sustainability for the time being, uh, it could be just um, goodness. Yeah. Okay. Good points. Yeah. <laughs> good points. Exactly. You get good points. It would, it would like you get little notifications when you're done. So say like you are yeah it knows that what because of GPS tracking of course it would know that you were in a shop that was selling local produce for example or was an independent producer, then it could obviously get some good points there. If it was aware that you'd then used your Apple Pay to pay for something in that shop, it would obviously know all your online uh, purchases well. It would know who you're banking with because it's your phone. It would even know who you were talking to, so it would be able to judge you on that as well. So you'd be able to actually get, and you'd be able to get a, a, a you know, a, ch- a chart, a graph. Uh, graphs aren't really very happy. Yeah, also. Uh... You achieve levels like in a computer game. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I think. Uh, I think all of that is uh, is great. Obviously, yeah. well, but, uh, you'd hope so. Cause but also, I'm not. Gonna, I'm launching it. Well, I, I mean, think... you got to stand by in the app. I mean, I think you're complicit, if in, not in fact actually a co-founder of this app. So, I'm not. No, I'm certainly not. 
financially um, I, you should get on board because this is going to go this is going to skyrocket it will it will kill my finances yeah i uh no i think i think it, i know i, I kind of i know what you're what you're getting at but i do i think that's part of the problem is that um is the reliance on other opinion whether that's through an app or through advertising or whatever it is mm. rather than your own mm. opinion of what of what is what what it is you're buying but into what if your you're own wrong? understanding well this is the thing i think part of the part of the problem i think is that people um have the illusion that there's this massive market of stuff mm. and that we can buy all of it and that we don't have enough time to really understand where stuff's made how it's made how it's produced where it's come from all of these types of things and the reality is we already limit our choices people shop at their preferred supermarket for a reason we don't shop at every supermarket we shop at one or we shop at our whichever local shops that we want to shop mm -hmm. at or we have two or three clothing brands that we normally go to whether that's mm -hmm. defined by what it looks like how it fits how much it costs and i think it's just about bringing other elements of that decision making into the process so for example you can, um, I mean, I, for example, have only a very few se select group of uh, companies that I'll purchase clothes from. Mm -hmm. Not because I don't go to shops and see other items of clothing and go, that's really nice, I'd like to buy that. But mainly because I don't, I don't have time to research about them, but I know the companies that I do buy from, I know their practices very well. So I can comfortably go to them and, and if I wanted to buy something, on an impulse basis, I could, while simultaneously knowing that I'm actually supporting a business with good, good business practices. You know, I mentioned Gwyneth Paltrow before. Mm. Um, would you be interested in starting some kind of uh, lifestyle radio show, or I mean, blog, if you're not interested in doing the spoken part, just so you could let people know what the right choices are? Because I think, I mean, people, I think what I think what you're saying is people need to be told what's right and need to look up to somebody else because they can't make their own decisions. And I'm thinking you could be the guy. I I mean, we've got the girl. You could be the guy. I mean, well, I think clearly, obviously, <laughs> yeah, clearly, obviously, um, you can uh, you could see I'm I'm made for radio. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, no, I I don't. That's not really what I think. <laughs> Let's go to a song. <laughs> this is Oasis. Back in a second. Oasis. No, I'm quite like Oasis. <laughs> you see that coming? I could see it in your eyes. So, um, seeing as we've been talking about some uh, very substantial and important things, I thought it was best to undermine that with something really silly and, and kind of pointless. Um, I hope you're okay with that. Yeah, sounds pretty good to good. me. Yeah. yeah, well then, for remembering yeah. the, uh, yeah. the use, of, <laughs> yeah. use of verbal cues yeah. on the radio. <laughs> Nodding isn't as effective in, the, in a non-visual medium. Uh, so this is an ongoing thing we've been doing at the end of every episode for a while now, or nearly every episode. Um, we've been doing a little bit of role-playing. In fact, I think one of your colleagues actually uh, role-played with me fairly recently, a man called Sean. Yeah, he, I think he was uh, thought, he, thought he was quite successful. I think he may have been one of the best so far. He was the first to experience me uh, unfiltered, or unguided, let's say, 
uh, I've been mostly pre-preparing these this, the role-playing sections, knowing what was going to happen next, for example. This time, not so much, and the same with his. Um, so, see what happens. Cool. See what happens. I've got an intro, so it'll seem like it's all under control at first. Uh, yeah. Do you want to go and meet your destiny? Yeah, why not? Yeah, if, cool. any, if anything, I just want to beat Sean. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. We'll see if we can work out a scoring system afterwards. <laughs> Story so far. After what now seems like an ill-advised trip into the woods with your friends to celebrate the arrival of Friday on a balmy summer evening, you've been having a very bad time. You and your friends were lulled into sleep by an unexpected urge to sleep, and on waking you found everyone and everything familiar gone, including your phone. And in their place, a naked and cannibalistic Shia LaBeouf trying his best to eat you. After a series of what only can only be called misadventures in the woods, you finally broke their dendritic grasp and stumbled across a small village. Here you made the acquaintance of the local barflies, inadvertently caused the death of a man called Bob, and made Shia LaBeouf 17 foot tall. You managed to escape again, but this time you have company in the shape of a vicar called Jill, with magical hands that make things better. In whatever sense that might mean at the time. In the premise... Well, let's, let's change the music, because it's a bit too jovial for this moment. That's better. In the present moment, you and Jill are running down a secret underground corridor away from the church, which Shia LaBeouf is systematically destroying in his anger at not being able to follow you because of being 17 foot tall. You run down the cold, clammy corridor, your hands brushing against the rough stone surface in the dark. You come across three doors. What do you do? Ooh. Um, I'd probably go for the door, which is the least clammy. Do you want to ask Jill if she has an opinion, or do you want to just go ahead and do it? I mean, you're welcome to just go ahead and do it. That's fine. Um, I wouldn't ask her opinion, no. I just, I mean, I'm... Just dive forwards. Yeah, I'm kind of a bit like, um, a bit like Maverick from Top Gun. Right, I, I see. In the sense dive. that you are a Maverick. Yeah. It dive, is a straightforward naming in. system they have there. Also, I'm a little bit unnerved by Jill and her magic hands, because they're quite small, a little bit like Donald Trump's. Yes. Well, exactly. You don't want to trust... Don't trust the Trump, as they say. Uh, okay, you, you go towards the least clammy door, which happens to be the door on the left. You open it and enter Johnny Depp's closet of disappointment. That's got to be a lot of disappointment in there, I would have thought, yeah. Well, actually, you look around and see that the room is entirely empty. Not a man that really experienced disappointment, it turns out. Interesting to discover. Well, he must hide some other disappointment elsewhere, maybe. Um, so... What's in there, Jeremy? <laughs> Jeremy! Um, so... What's in there? Should I come in? Um, I'm not sure about this, Jeremy. I would, I would ask Jill to man the door while I have a thorough investigation. I'm not sure about you thorough man the door. I am, as you might have noticed, a woman. Um, oh yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, why don't you woman the door? Okay. Um, while I have a look. Okay, you have a look around the room. Yeah. What do you see? Uh, not a lot. It's quite dark mm-hmm. um, and and clammy in mm. there as well. It is a clammy More area. More clammy than I thought, given that the door was the least clammy of all the doors. Well, sometimes tricks are there yeah. in this um, world. But it's also incredibly high. It is. So I'm... Much s- like Johnny Depp. I, sc- <laughs> I scale the wall. Okay. Um, you can attempt to scale the wall. C- 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 keep, it, keep it together, would you? Okay. 
I, I attempt to scale it whilst also... You attempt to scale the smooth black surface of Johnny Depp's closet of disappointment. Unfortunately, given the smoothness and the combined clamminess, you slip down again. Um, so I exit that room. Okay, you leave that room, closing the door behind you, leaving I, Johnny Depp to his lack of disappointment. And I will go for now the door that is the most clammy, can assuming I, that it might be the opposite of I the other scenario. Can I the door in there, Johnny? She, um... I've been <laughs> opening it for a while now. Yeah, um, try just, that, try that door. You just fell down a wall, Jeremy. I'm not sure what you're trying to do. Well, try the door. I'm Shia Berth's following me. Okay. So I can't really go back. Okay, try the second so one. try the second one. Okay, you enter a boutique spa. Oh, lovely. It is, actually. Um, uh, the walls are decorated with tiles of a sort of brown to cream sort of gradient. Uh, there's a man behind a counter, though he is fake. It's worth mentioning that now. Before you bother trying to talk to him, I wouldn't be able to do a voice of a fake what, person. What, ha, is in like a mannequin fake, or yes, fake is in like yes, just yes. don't trust him? You know, he's, he's a phony. Okay. In the sense that he's a mannequin, yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a. It's a very small boutique spa. That's why they called it boutique. There is a bath in the corner, a shower in the other corner, uh, and one of those things you put your feet in, and the fish nibble your feet. Okay. Yeah. I am a fan of a deep bath okay. so I think at this point mm. given the stress levels right. I would probably have a deep bath you have a deep bath um, and I would say to Jill help yourself to any of the spa facilities <laughs> except the deep bath <laughs> except the deep bath oh or, I don't mind if I do Jeremy I've always had one of, an interest in my feet being nibbled by small fish she puts her feet into the dish of small fish and they are in fact nibbled both of you lose 17 points of stress okay um, I think probably what I would do um, is I would look for some additional unfortunately her feet being as magic as her hands aren't yet revealed until this point because she was wearing socks and shoes make the fish better meaning she make them much bigger but not that big sort of you know like a koi carp like a yeah so not much of a problem but there, there are suddenly lots of fish on the floor like quite a lot I mean, like the floor is sort of full to about a foot deep of fish because there's a lot of small fish in that bowl okay okay well um, I, I suppose something fishy is going on um, <laughs> oh Jeremy Jill loves bants you can, you can, so she you can tell that Jill is disappointed she would enjoy that she comes towards you with her hands hoping to make your humour better <laughs> And then says, no, only joking. Okay. Who knows what may happen? Um, I think what I might do mm-hmm. is um, possibly go to reception, get okay. on the phone and phone um, the Jonas Brothers, who um, have the little uh, fish stall in the market in Totnes right. on a Friday and Saturday, selling a wide selection is of fish Is that what they're up to nowadays, the Jonas Brothers? I didn't realise yeah. they'd <laughs> got a sort of changed career yeah. to that extent. But and just say... Um, are you interested in a koi carp? Okay, yeah. There's a lot, glow- lot going, free of charge. Mm-hmm. Um, you might just have to uh, come past the 17-foot Shire Berth, but if you can back the truck in, you, uh, you'll be fine. You say all that, and they respond, saying, could you send us a photo of the fish, just so we can be sure what we're looking to buy here? Do I... I, I wasn't aware that I had a camera phone I'd, I'd used you've a lost your phone standard. yeah, yeah so I, you could you could describe them I suppose yeah um, yeah so okay I would describe them as being pretty big fish range of colors um, 
yeah, slippery. Slippery, as okay. most fish are. But it's because um, they're wet. That's why. Yeah, and just say, to be honest, if you fillet them, you can sell them as anything. No one's going to know. He says, "Yes, you've discovered the secret of all fishmongers. How did you know? You should enter our ranks." And at that moment, you gain the title of pseudo fishmonger. You might be able to use that later. I don't know. Okay, yeah. We don't know what's going to happen. Are you done with this room now, or are you wanting to do anything else? Well, I do love a deep bath, so <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you have a second deep would bath. You, would you losing like seventeen points of stress again? That's thirty-four points of stress now lost. It is. I mean, you've actually um, gone to the point where you have gone out the other side, and you're actually like anti-stressed. Yeah, I would. I think what I might do is just leave, try the third door, right. because there might be another spa there. That's true, a with, better spa. With, with salts with and su- candles. Exactly, superior facilities, which yeah. is why that spa is unmanned by anything but a mannequin. Yeah. Uh, you enter the third door and find a room of deadly weapons. Excellent. That's quite useful, yeah. <laughs> I'd probably run back, because I'm slightly panicked now, I'd probably run back to the other room and have another deep bath. Um, <laughs> Relaxed yeah. and rejuvenated, you return to the room of deadly weapons. <laughs> um... Yeah, I'd probably just have a look and uh, yeah, just assess. Uh, to be honest, I think I'd probably want... I'd just try and look at the ones that are simple. Nice, nice, simple weapon. A simple weapon. I mean, something that doesn't have moving parts. Right, okay, something that can't jam at the last mm. second. No, you undermine my technique there. That's very good. You look around the room looking for simple weapons. Something with a blade, something with a hammer head. You find a hammer with a blade on it. So kind of imagine, like, a giant hammer... And along the the stick of the hammer mm. is is a the blade. Handle. Well, not the well, that would be very dangerous for you. Okay. Uh, the very end of the handle is is a safe thing to hold. That okay. is the actual handle section. But the yeah. the staff is is bladed in four different directions. Okay, it's called a, uh, a swammer. Nice sword and hammer combined. Nice. Mm. Um, yeah, so I'd probably just pick that up. Okay. And uh, the door's a bit loose. So I would use the hammer just to knock in a couple of the loose screws. I know that right. most builders wouldn't want you to do that because right. um, because it's not not good practice. No, but you know, needs must. Yeah, and um, I would probably take off all my clothes so I'm the same as Shyla Berth. Right. Jill wouldn't mind, and I would stand there. <laughs> I'd stand there with the hammer, mm. just waiting for Shyla Berth because I'm I'm empowered now because I'm rejuvenated from the bath. True, true, true. And I have. Um, pretty cool hammer and to be honest even if I don't like that there's plenty of other weapons in there that's true if that one doesn't serve well if it breaks if it doesn't serve you right you're in the room of deadly weapons mm. that's the right place to be yeah. I didn't say how many there were but let's assume there's quite a few okay. more than one okay. otherwise it wouldn't be weapons yeah well, it might be only two but we'll find out you stand at the door Jill by your side looking if anything a bit Disappointed you haven't asked her how she is, considering the quite stressful period of time she's let, uh, spent with you, having the guilt of having made Shia LaBeouf 17 foot tall and then have him destroy the church that she spent so long making a place of worship for the local people. Um, also just... concerned probably about the, her family and her friends and everyone in the town that she left behind when you dragged her down a corridor to the room of deadly weapons, the closet of disappointment for Johnny Depp and the boutique spa with a mannequin man behind the counter. I did offer her spa facilities. I take it back. For the record. I take it all back. You stand in the doorway. And we run out of time. (laughs) 
we have unfortunately yeah but that's in some ways quite a neat way to, neat way to end i mean that's that's distinct from all the other adventures we had <laughs> he didn't even turn up no <laughs> well he couldn't get down the corridor it was too small okay there was a way for him to get to you um <clears throat> but unfortunately i couldn't engineer it too busy in the time having a bath to, that's the problem we spent quite a lot of time in the spa <laughs> As is your won't. I mean, this is the point of role playing. You can do what you wish. And if, I mean, I would say you probably made the wiser choices. Because, I mean, Sean decided to run headlong into a battle, which I, he went outside and was like, Where are you, Shia? But I'm trying to find him. Foolish, some would say. He would. Yeah. But he does look a bit like an extra from Braveheart, so unsurprising. <laughs> Hope you're listening, Sean. <laughs> so I'm afraid, yeah, that's all we've got time for. I'm mean, going to have to wrap it up, as they say in the industry. I'm not sure what we should do with the extra remaining few seconds of the show. What do you think we should do? Have I, um, got any more question section type questions? Mm-hmm. Or have I, is that... I could probably ask you one more. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's the greenest thing you've licked? Um, probably a lollipop of some description. You've been listening to It's Raining Ben with Ben, that's me. Jeremy, that's him. Thanks for having me, Ben. That's right. I'm working on just trying out different endings each time. That one's actually pretty good. I'm going to stick with that one. It's not exactly like goodbye from me, goodbye. It's more, you know, it's more original. Let's finish with a song. I'll see you guys next week in the company of someone else. Ta-ra. <laughs>